Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. The Bible says this. Love is what, everybody? Patient. Love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, and it is not what, everybody? Easily angered. Easily angered. Boy, that's what we're going to talk about that today. It is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrong, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts always hopes, always perseveres. Would you read these last three words with me? Love never fails. Would you do me a favor? Would you just hold your hands out like this? And would you bow your heads and say this prayer after me aloud? Let's say it. Dear God, God, I'm here today. today. I open my mind mind and my heart. heart. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated, everybody. If you don't have a Bible in your home, I want to encourage you today to take that one with you. We want everybody to have a hard copy of the Scripture in their home, so please take that one with you. We've been in a series over the last several weeks called Choose Love. Choose Love. And I would tell you that we've come up with this biblical definition of love. I have this It simply says this, that biblical love is doing what, everybody? Doing good for another person no matter how I feel. That's how I can love somebody and not like them. Did you know that? Do you know that you can love people that you don't like? Matter of fact, you're not commanded to like people. You're commanded to love them. And the way you do that is that you don't feel good toward them, but you do good for them anyways. Amen? Doesn't that make it make sense? I mean, that makes sense to me. I like the Bible said, love your enemy. I'm like, I can't do that. If I don't even like them, I sure can't love them. But that's not true. Is that you can love somebody you don't like. And so we've been talking about biblical love. And so we've been saying these four words because we have to do it. We have to make this choice every day of our lives. And so they're coming on the screen. Let's say them again. You ready? Let's say this. I choose to love because love is a choice. Since love is an action, you know, love is a commitment and love is a conduct, everybody. In other words, I'm committing to do good no matter how I feel. And so I can choose to do that. I can always choose love, right? Uh, Come on, somebody's not with me. You You want to miss this part. I can always choose to love, right? It's my choice because, again, it's not a feeling. It's an action. Okay, so we can choose that. Today, I want to talk to you about something that's very, very, I think, needed in our culture. And that is this, is that we live in an age of rage. Would you agree with that, everybody? An age of rage. People are mad. Just mad. They're angry. And and their temper is flaring. Every, you know, it used to be like, I remember in, I think it was 93, that uh, the school shooting happened in Colorado. I may be off on that year, but I think it was, seemed like it was about 93. Took our nation by surprise with that mass shooting at a school in Columbine. And then all of a sudden, it seems like now it's every day. 
What, what was shocking to all of us is now like, oh, there it happened again. And so I'm saying that we're living in an age of rage, so something has to happen. And I just want to tell you that, that this, this rage that's happening is not a political issue, it's a spiritual issue. Amen? Amen. You, you cannot cast a vote to change a person's heart. God has to change a person's heart. Amen, everybody? And what changes people's hearts is when we, the people of God, live by the Spirit of God and we begin to act in biblical love, not worldly love, because worldly love says I'm not going to do good to you until I feel good toward you. But biblical love says I'm going to do good no matter how I feel. You know that when you begin to do good to other people, it changes their spirit. Do you know the greatest thing that you can do to solve this problem that we have of rage is that you be good to people when they don't deserve it? You don't believe me. I can just tell you don't believe me. You're like, hey, no, I, I ain't doing that. I can tell you. It changes things. It's in your, the power's in your hands. If we're going to have a better community, it's up to you and me. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. So today I want to talk to you about how to tame your temper. Oh, dear God Almighty. Tame that baby like a lion tamer. Tame it. Tame my temper. I want you to know that I'm talking to you today because I grew up in a home, an angry home. Matter of fact, I would tell you that my generational tree, if you look back through my generational tree, you would see anger. I think that my great-grandmother was angry and grandfather were angry. I think that my grandparents, I know they were angry. My parents were angry and I was angry. It's something that I ingested as a child and something that I knew and because we used anger to to help us in life. And I want you to know that I have struggled with this issue and I still struggle with it. I want you to know that. So today, as I'm speaking to you today, uh, I want you to know I have not mastered this. I struggle. But I believe that I'm getting better. I think Rhonda would say, Jeff has gotten much better. And so I want you to learn, and those of you that are younger, listen to me today, you have the opportunity today to recognize and you have the chance to identify this in your life and you can, get, you can start getting better now. What I did not know when I was younger, you have the opportunity to know. And today, if you're 80 years old, you can get better. Amen? Amen. Amen. Nothing like grandma coming at you or something. All right. <laughs> I want to give you three things. I want to get, then I want to give you some steps. And, and so today, just hang with me, all right? The first thing I want to tell you, if we're going to tame our temper, we have to choose in advance to control my temper. I have to choose in advance to control my temper. It's a choice. So no longer can you use the excuse, well, you just make me so mad. They make me mad. Nobody can make you mad. You, can, you choose to get mad. Amen? You, it, it, nobody gets inside of you and, and makes it happen. No, no. There's people that when you get around that you know it's going to happen, but I'm saying nobody can make you, and nobody can make you lose your temper. Nobody can do that. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 29 to 11, look what it says. It says, fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly what? Hold it back. Hold it back. That's right. They, they hold it like a rain, you know, holding it back. That's what they do. They hold it back. You can do this. All of us are good at this because you can control it. you like, when I get mad, I can't control my temper. Yes, you can. Some of you got in an argument on the way to church. Now, don't look at each other. I'll think it was you. 
You got an argument on the way to church, and you know what? You was like mad at each other, but you decided to come on to church anyways, and you got out of the car, and you slammed the doors. But when you walked out and seen those people in the parking lot, like, hey, how you doing? You're doing, all, you're doing good. It's so good to see. God bless you. And you put that on pause. See, you controlled it, right? Now, what I want to tell you is just let it go so you don't have to reactivate it when you get back in the car. Because Jeff and Rhonda have been down that road. We all can control it. We can control it. And I just want to share that with you. So what we call this is being responsible, everybody. You see, being a responsible person, if you take that word responsible, you can break it up to two words, and it means response-able. You're able to choose your response. And so today, that's what, that's what mature people do, is that we, can, we choose our response. We don't just go off, and we just don't let what comes to our mind come out. No, we like holding the reins on a horse. We hold it back. Hold it back. And so I just want to challenge you today. I'm going to give you a next step. It's on your card here, and I'm going to ask you to check this box. So we got to pray God, the Holy Spirit, help you. Amen, everybody? My tongue needs taming. So does yours. Amen? Some of you, it's your thumbs that need to be tamed. Because you're texting all this stuff, you're pushing on social media with your thumb. Never mind. I will, I will make the choice daily to control my temper. Would you check that box today? And we're going to pray God's Holy Spirit. That's why you need to turn this card in. If you've never turned a card in, today's the one you want to turn in. Because we've got to pray over you. Okay, number two is this. Number two is this, is remember the cost. Remember the cost that when you lose your temper, remember the cost. Because when you remember the, uh, the cost of what's going to happen, it helps you control it. Look, let's just go right here into the Scripture. Look what the Bible says in Proverbs 29, 22. A hot-tempered man gets into all kinds of what, everybody? We agree with that? Yes. Amen. Proverbs 15 and 18. Hot tempers cause arguments, but patience brings peace. We agree with that, everybody? Yes. Amen. Holding the reins. Okay? And then Proverbs 14, 17. People with a hot temper do what, everybody? Amen. Can anybody vouch that? Anybody got mad and does something stupid? Huh? No, I want to see your hands. Anybody got mad and does something stupid? Let me see. That's right. And those of you who don't have your hand up, you're a liar. <laughs> Amen? We've all got mad and done some dumb things. I'm talking to you <laughs> and me. But he says, wiser people remain calm. Do you know that when you get mad that you lose 50% of your IQ? <laughs> that your IQ drops by 50% because we do stupid things, right, when we get mad. And the Scripture tells us about that. Look at what Proverbs, uh, let me just tell you this. This just hit my mind, I got to tell you. I, think, I don't know if it's the Holy Spirit, or I don't know what spirit, but anyways, I want to tell you. <laughs> One of the dumbest things I ever heard was that somebody's girlfriend or boyfriend or husband or wife cheated on them, and they said, I'm going to get them back. I'm going to go cheat on them. I'm going to go have an affair. I'm going to go sleep with somebody I don't even hardly know. That's about the stupidest thing you can do. I got the holy madness right now myself. I just see people ruin their lives because of doing, trying to get even with people. Amen? Oh, my goodness. Proverbs eleven twenty nine 29 says this. 
the fool who provokes his family to anger and resentment will finally have nothing what, everybody? I want you to write this down. I want you to write this down. I always lose when I lose my temper. I always lose when I lose my temper. I always lose when I lose my temper. What I'm about to talk to you about is very sensitive to me because I lived it. When you're raising your children, it's very easy to let anger help control your children. In other words, when you get mad, when they can see that you get angry, then it's really easy to let that anger cause fear in them to get them to do what you want them to do. Is anybody tracking with me? I lived that because that's the model that I'd seen. But I want to tell you something is it doesn't work. Oh, you might get the results you want immediately. But what I want to tell you is, is that you're going to be like this bottle here, just shaken up, and you're going to be mad. And guess what? Because of that, who wants to open this right now? <laughs> Nobody. And let me just tell you something. That's the way your children see you. And just when I start to do this, they want to run on this front row. That's the way your children are going to want to do around you. They're going to want to put separation between you and them. Amen, everybody? And when you use anger all the time, that's exactly what's happening with people, that they view you just like this bottle and that you're going to go off at any moment. So they want to separate themselves from you. And so anger and, and a bad temper causes separation. Amen? Now, there's some of you that say, you don't spew, but you sure, you sure are choking it down. In other words, you don't go off on people, but, but there's something going on inside of you, and you're, you're bubbling on the inside, even though, even though you don't go off on people. But I want you to know what's inside of you comes out of you, whether you do it mean or not. Amen? Anger comes out. Now, what are the, what are the four words we're saying, everybody? I choose to love. Let's say them again. I choose to love. I got to say that before we go to number three. Number three is this, is give myself some space before reacting. This is going to be the best sermon you've heard in a long time. It's the best one I've heard in a long time. Look at this. Let me me say this. Reaction, there is a difference between reacting and responding. Reacting is I don't think about it. I just do it. You hit me, pow, I hit you back. Right? You run into my car, I run back into you. I'll wreck you in a minute. Right? That's what reaction does. But responding is different. Responding is taking a moment to process what I'm going to do. And that right there, my friend, changes everything. When you choose responding over reacting, it changes everything. Again, going back to Proverbs 29 to 11, look what it says. A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them what, everybody? You know, the longer that you hold your temper, the more it improves. And the less regret you have, the longer you hold it. Our third president, President uh, Thomas Jefferson, said this. He said, when you're angry, count to ten. 
And when you really get angry, you count to 100. Because he realized that the more space you put between your, your reaction and your response, what happens to you and how you respond to it, the better you will be. Now, have you noticed it's very hard to put your foot in your mouth when it's closed? Amen. Listen, this is hitting me right between the eyeballs, everybody. I don't know how it's hitting you, but it's hitting me because I've opened my big mouth so many times. Put my foot right in it. You know what I notice is this? Is that, you know the number one cause of overreacting and saying the wrong thing? Alcohol. Oh, it got quiet in here then. Because when you get like this, and you don't have a filter, because alcohol takes away the filter, doesn't it? And all of a sudden, you're going to say things and you're going to do things that you normally wouldn't do when you're drunk. I grew up, in, I grew up in, around alcohol. I know all about it. And I want to tell you something. Somebody said, well, well, you know, that wasn't me. That was the alcohol talking. Well, let me just tell you something. It doesn't matter who was doing the talking. It come out of your mouth, and whatever you said affect the people around you the rest of their life. Amen, everybody? Yeah. So you might want to think about it before you. Just saying. Just saying. Before you, before you guzzle it down and get drunk. Amen, everybody? This is nothing new. The Bible talks about it. Look what Proverbs 21 says this. Drinking too much makes you what? Loud and foolish. Amen? This, this, is, not a, this is not a problem for the year 2023. This has been a problem all, all through history. Because too much drink makes you crazy. He says it's stupid to get drunk because you lose your filter. Ephesians 2 and 20, uh, 4 and 26, look what it says. The Bible says, if you're angry, don't sin by nursing your what? Your grudge, that's right. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. How should we get over it? Let's just read it right here. Get over it quickly, that's right. Don't keep holding on to it, holding on to it. I'll get them, I'll get them, I'll get them. Oh, they're going to get... And you're just shaking it up and you're holding this bubble inside of you. And that's what's going on. For when you're angry, you give a mighty foothold to who, everybody? Yeah. Amen. And, and again, if you're quietly angry, if you're, even if you're not the one that explodes all the time, you know, it's said that when it comes to anger, you're either, you know, you're either a turtle, you draw back inside, or, or you're a skunk, you walk in and you just explode and stink up the whole room. And by the way, you're, if you're married today, you're married to either a skunk or a turtle. Because it's amazing how opposites attract. Amen, everybody? Now, he says you give the devil a mighty foothold because when you walk around like this all the time, you're easy prey. Man, I'm telling you what, when I'm mad, it's easy for the devil to have his way. How about you? Somebody asked me one time, he said, you know, about going to bed not mad. He said, Pastor Jeff, have you and Rhonda ever went to bed mad at each other? No. No. We've stayed up for three or four days at a time. <laughs> you see, my eyes all drooping. You know, we've been having it out. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. So, 
we got to ask a few questions if we want to get to the bottom of our anger so that we can tame our temper. The question is this, you should ask this, is why am I angry? Why am I angry? Anger, anger, anger is a warning light. Why am I angry? What's going on inside of me? Why am I angry? You need to look at what's making you angry. What is it? Once you, once you can identify it, then you can get beyond it. Many people are just mad. You know, there's a difference between getting angry and being angry. Some people are just angry because they've never asked why. They don't even know why they're angry. And if you don't know why you're angry, your spouse surely can't help you. Your parents cannot help you if you don't know why you're angry. You've got to ask the question, why? Then the next question is this, is uh, what do I really want? What do I really want? What is it that I want? You know, do, is it attention? Is it affection that I need? Is it, is it to be understood? Is it to be listened to? What is it that I want? What do you want? Do you know what it is? You're just mad. What is it you really want? Someone said, you know, is it, <clears throat> the issue is not, the issue is not that they left their socks on the floor. The issue is that they come home late to dinner last night after you prepared a dinner. The issue, the issue is, is not that, you know, that dinner did not taste good. The issue is that you want to be romantic, and she said no. Okay, you're looking at me like, you are looking, you are looking at me like I'm crazy. That's right. Oh, yeah, it's getting hot. I see some of y'all fanning like, whoa, can you handle this? That's the real issue, right? So why not talk about the real issue? Okay. The next question we should ask is, how can I fix the problem and not the blame? How can I fix the problem and not the blame? Instead of being like this all the time, why don't we talk about what's really going on? Okay. There's three underlying causes to anger. And again, that will cause your temper to flare. The first one is this, is hurt. It's hurt. You know, when you get hurt, when you get hurt physically, emotionally, or when you get wounded, your natural response is anger. If I picture this, listen, if I have a hammer and I've got a nail and I'm hitting that nail and I miss that nail and hit my thumbnail and I hit it hard, well, I want you to know I am a man of God. And you're a man of God and a woman of God. You are, we are just alike. I'm no higher than you. But when I hit my thumb, it ain't like, oh, Jesus, you're so good. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. That thing's bleeding like crazy. It's throbbing. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You're so good. No, it's not that. That's not what comes to my mind. Those words that I heard a long time ago that I hadn't used in a long time, they come bubbling up. Amen, everybody? Amen. Now, you may be more spiritual than I am because I'm gonna that's what comes. Now, I don't say them, but they sure come up. But don't get around me because I'm probably going to throw that hammer. Because that's what anger, you get, when you hurt you, when you get hurt, you get angry, right? It's not the hammer's fault. It's not the nail's fault. It's my fault. I had it. I hit it, but I'm still mad at something. Okay. Letter B is frustration. 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 
when you're forced to wait. Notice the Bible says that love is patient. The first thing, because we're going to have to learn in life to wait. You see, what I'm saying is frustration is caused when I feel out of control. When you feel out of control, that's when you tend to get angry and tempers begin to flare. When I, when I feel like I can't do anything about it. You know, when Rhonda and I brought our first child home, Tyler, come home, and we got home, we're like, what are we going to do with it? <laughs> and all of a sudden, he wanted to cry, and he didn't want to sleep at night. And you know, that's what babies do, they cry. And, that's, and so he was crying, and, and we couldn't get him to quit crying, and we, we couldn't get him to sleep, and, and, and we, you know, all of a sudden, because he was out of our control, why don't you sleep? Go to sleep, little baby. Go to sleep. <laughs> why don't you stop crying? And, and so we couldn't get mad because he's a baby. And so guess what? We get mad at each other. Because what's out of our control makes us angry, and sometimes it comes out with each other. And those of you that have children and newborns at home, you're like, why are we mad at each other right now? Because you can't get the baby quiet. <laughs> Amen, everybody? Yeah. What's out of your control begins to make you angry. And the more of a controlling person you are, the more anger you'll have. And let me just tell you what a controlling person is. When you're trying to control what's out of your control, you're playing God. Did you hear that, Jeff? Did you hear that? All of us. Letter C is this. is fear. Is fear. Hurt, frustration, and fear. The most insecure people are the ones that deal with the most fear and anger. Anger. That's why, you know, you see a bully... A bully is nothing but a scared big person or a little person. A bully is nothing more than a person that's really afraid. They're afraid. They're insecure. They're scared to death. And that, that's what you see. A lot of these groups out here that, that go out and try to do all this stuff, gangs and stuff, it's a lot of scared people. They're insecure. And they're afraid. And their fear makes them angry. And let me just say this to you. We, we get angry when we, we base our feelings on other people's approval. In other words, we want people's approval of our life. And so when they don't like, when they don't like us and when they don't show us that they like us and when they don't approve of our actions, then, then all of a sudden we become insecure and it causes fear and it causes anger. And, and let me tell you something. The number one cause of depression, not the only cause, but the number one cause of depression is suppressed anger. It's people walking around like this all the time. And if you're depressed, the, be the best question you can ask yourself is, what am I angry about? And the reason that we got a generation that is so depressed is because they're, they're measuring their life by what they see on that screen. If somebody's liking my stuff or not, are they liking my post? And they're, they're equating their value of their life by how many likes they get on social media. And, and they're not getting enough likes because their friend is getting more likes and they're, they're just angry about it and they're depressed. I hope you got all that. You walk around angry when you feel like you're not getting other people's approval. And depression sets in. Depression is nothing but suppression of those feelings of hurt, frustration, and fear. 
I want to give you the fourth one. Number four is rely on God's help. Because if you can make yourself better, you'd be better. But we got to have the Holy Spirit of God to help us. Amen, everybody? Amen. Romans 15 and 5 says, May God, who gives this patience and encouragement, want everybody, help you. We need the help of God if you're going to have this. Live in complete harmony with each other and as it is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. Let me just tell you something. Your relationship with Jesus Christ, the closer you are to Jesus Christ, the more patient you're going to be, and the more patience you have, the more peace you're going to have. Uh, listen, you cannot have peace without the Prince of Peace, everybody. Amen. You're going to walk around like this. Your nature is to walk around with hurt and frustration and fear. But Jesus Christ is the answer. And the closer you get to him, the more calm you're going to be. That's why I'm trying to tell you Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? I'm trying to hold it together. Romans 15 and 8. Look what 8 and 15 says this. For the Spirit of God... For the spirit that God has given you does not make you a slave and cause you to what, everybody? Did you hear that? You're, this is not God. This is not God. He goes on to say, instead, the spirit makes you children, God's children, and by the spirit's what, everybody? By the spirit's power, we cry out to God. Father, my father. In other words, what I want to tell you is that when you are filled with anger, when you're, when you're filled with hurt, and you're filled with frustration, and you're filled with fear, you're going to walk around all the time, and you're just going to have this bubbling cauldron going on inside of you, and it is just going to fizz, fizz, fizz. And guess what's this? I'll do it over here. <laughs> You ready? Oh, we better put that top back on. Our Jeff's going to have to have a new shirt. Shake, 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 shake. Are you scared now? Because the Spirit of God, when you got the Spirit of God. What I'm trying to get you to do today is to make the great exchange. Either you, you're going you're to keep living like this because all of us live in a world that shakes us up. And we're all going to go through stuff. And we're all going to have hurts. And we're all going to have frustrations. And we're all going to have fears. But you've got the choice today. Either you're going to live like this or you're going to get under the fountain of Jesus Christ. And he, you're going to get under the Prince of Peace. And you're going to find the peace of God. And there is no peace with God, without God. Jesus said, it's my peace I leave with you. It's not the peace the world gives. It's my peace. And if you get with God, he'll give you the peace. Amen, everybody. What's it going to be? You've got a choice to make. And the first step in making that choice, the first step is that you've got to invite his spirit in. You notice it said it's by his spirit. You can't do this on your own. Without Jesus Christ, you're going to be like this. Oh, maybe you're not shouting at everybody. Maybe you're not screaming at everybody, but you're carrying it around. 
and depression will set in. So today, the first step is you accept Jesus as your Savior. So let's just stop right now because there's many of you that walked in today that you don't have Jesus as your Savior and you have no help. And we want you to have the Spirit of God today to help you. So would you bow your heads today, everybody, online as well? And if you'd like to receive Jesus as your Savior today, would you say this prayer with me, not even out loud, but in your heart? Dear Lord Jesus, I come right now and I admit I need your help. Save me, Lord Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and help me to do what you want me to do. Help me to respond and not to react. In Jesus' name, thank you for saving me. Amen. Amen, everybody. Let's give God a hand for all the people that just prayed that prayer. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.